everybody. I am Rachel Levy-Lesser. And I'm Stephanie Goldstein, and this is Life's Accessories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion, and that is what we love to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Life's Accessories Podcast and also on Facebook. You can also email us at lifesaccessoriespodcast at gmail.com with comments, questions, or any accessory suggestions. Any and all accessory suggestions. (laughs) We get a lot of them. You'd be surprised. (laughs) And if you like what you're listening to, we would love it for you to share this podcast with a friend and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please do not forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Today, we are excited to welcome Stacy Madison as our guest. Stacy is the founder of Stacy's Pita Chips, which sold to Pepsi in 2006. Her latest venture is Be Bold Bars, a snack bar made with high end nuts, oats, chia, chocolate chips, maple, and wildflower honey. Nothing processed and no powders, just simple ingredients that taste delicious. Sound really good. Sounds so good. Filled with delicious you, things. When you say Stacy, don't you just think Stacy's pita chips? All the time. I mean, All I just time. was on the phone with my son actually. He called from college and I was yeah. like, Hey, you know Stacy's pita chips? He's like, Yeah. I was like, I'm having Stacy on. He's like, No way. I was like, Yep. <laughs> So they're all over the place, all over the place. So after selling Stacy's pita chips, Stacy herself traveled Europe and Asia with her twin daughters and returned to launch her juice bar where the bars were a top seller with the help of her brother. They figured out how to produce them in larger quantities and start distribution to stores. However, a month after launching the pandemic hit which obviously was a problem for a lot of startups, especially mm-hmm. in the food space. But she does believe that that experience and being no stranger to tragedy equips entrepreneurs with problem-solving skills. And the pandemic is unfortunately a true test of survivors in the food business. I love that attitude that she has, by the way. I do too. She lives in Massachusetts. We know it, know it and love it. And she's involved with numerous philanthropic organizations and loves to ski, hike, travel, exercise, cook, and eat. I mean, she sounds like our kind of gal, right? She's our people. That's right. She totally is. I'm always so curious about these food products. You come up with something and then figuring out how to put it on the market. Lots to learn from Stacey. Some of our listeners may know a little bit about how Stacey's pita chips became Stacey's pita chips. I actually did prior to landing her as a guest, I'll say. It's a very, very cool story. It's a neat story. Well, here she is. Hi, Stacey, and welcome to Life's Accessories. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I I could talk to you guys all night and your topics are just great. It's fun. Thank Thank you. you. For our listeners, we were talking behind the scenes and we were like, oh, we have to hit record and actually do this podcast (laughs) now. (laughs) Stacey, I have the honor of asking the big question of the day, which is what accessory have you chosen to share with us? So I, I, I am sharing my necklace which it's always, you know, people, I don't know, it gets identifiable if that's a, is that a word? I don't even know. It works. We know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, That's fine. (laughs) So the, you know, it's basically the three hearts and the Hebrew letter chi. It's really 
special because for me, I am the you know single mom of twin girls. Mm-hmm. And so the three hearts represents our little unit of three. That's I love so that. Nice. I have chosen that is a little bit. so nice. Yeah. When did you get it? So I had it right when the kids were born. It was a gift. And then this is kind of funny because this necklace is a little bit larger version of the first one. I was at a, oh my God, do you guys know Agent Provocateur? Yes. Okay. I've heard you of know, it. I've heard the of it. The sexy yes. lingerie. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Rachel's it's like where we really, shop weekly. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a really expensive Victoria's Secret or Frederick's or whatever. Right. Got went out of business. Got I was at this Agent Provocateur fashion show down in Miami. That was a fundraiser for breast cancer. And one of the things on the silent auction table was this necklace. And I was wearing my old necklace. That was the little one, the three little hearts. And I was like, oh my God, like it just was calling my name. And I was there with my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, I, you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, I said there was a minimum bid. The minimum bid is usually something that I would probably more than I would be comfortable spending. I was just back and forth, but I'm like, it has, but it's me. I feel like it's me in that box. After the fashion show, I went back over to put a bid in and somebody else had already bid on the necklace. And I was like, well, shit, shoot. I don't know what I can say. I said, you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, obviously didn't get it. I'm not going to try to outbid somebody. I kind of was disappointed and I had to walk away. And then as we were going to leave and getting our stuff from the coat check, my boyfriend went and it was actually him that bid on it. And he ended up buying me the necklace. And so I was like, and he was standing there watching me like debating, should I bid? Should I bid more? (laughs) He didn't want to tell me he got it, but so oh. it was, it was kind of funny. So he was the one who bid that bid on the necklace. And so it ended, it ended up on me anyway. I love it. Do you yeah. wear it every day? I have searched forever for the perfect everyday necklace. And I think I'm such an over accessorizer, which is a word I've made up that I have a few special necklaces and I can't commit to one. So I'm wondering <laughs> if you wear it every day. Everybody knows not to buy me jewelry because I really, I am so committed just to one. Uh-huh. Like I would, I would rarely put on another necklace. It's only if I go traveling to like a third world country or something like that, mm-hmm. that I'll just put on a little tchotchke or something. So you mentioned that the necklace also has the Hebrew letter hi. And yes. can you tell us about the meaning of that? Yeah. So hi means living in, in Hebrew, like each letter, sometimes a letter symbolizes something and this is really life and my life with my, you know, my two daughters and I didn't think to put this on here. It's actually my daughter's and she was going to Spain or someplace. And she said, can you keep this safe for me? Can you hold this for me? And I said, yeah, sure. And I put it on my necklace. And then I'm like, oh, this kid, this child is not getting it back. (laughs) Everywhere I would go, I went to a dinner party. They're like, oh, way to represent and things like that. And people would ask what it is. And I don't know. And then I told her, I said, Sam, I never, I have not taken it off. It's like, it's part of the necklace now. I said, you're going to have to go to Israel. And when you go to Israel, 
you can get me one then or get a new one and then I'll For give yourself. you this one back. Right, yeah. right. Well, that's, that's such an organic story. And I'm curious, speaking of your daughters, do they have a special necklace or did you give them something that's related to the three hearts or is that just your thing? I would have to say it's just my thing. Okay. The three of us have a little, a bracelet and we all wear the same bracelet and it's a little bit, it's much more durable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what happens is when, you know, the kids get involved in so many sports, so their jewelry is on and off and on and off and right. it's like uh, right. a little high risk losing something, but we all have this little bracelet. That's an easy on off. Very well, smart. Yeah. We wanted to ask you, so a lot of our listeners will know you from Stacy's pita chips. I think it's important for our listeners to hear, and some may know the story already, but before Stacy's pita chips, there was a sandwich cart. And I love this story and just would love it for you to share it with our listeners too. Absolutely. The pita chip company was started on that food cart. So we had a food cart in downtown Boston on the corner of Chauncey and Summer Street. At the time, you know, it was before the whole trend of, you know, food trucks and food courts and all of that. We wanted to start a restaurant. It was Mark, my business partner at the time. And we wanted to start a restaurant. We didn't have the money to do it. So we ended up buying a food cart as kind of a stepping stone to hopefully someday get into a restaurant or a takeout place or a small place of our own. Um, so we were sam- selling sandwiches rolled in pita bread and you never want to run out of bread <laughs> when you have a sandwich cart, right? So you always have this excess inventory. So with the excess inventory, each day we'd take the fresh bread that we hadn't used and we cut it up and bake it into different flavor pita chips. Yeah. And then we would just give them away for free to people that were standing in line the next day. And people were like, oh, I'm having a party. Can you make some of these? Can I buy some in bulk? It wasn't even something we sold. But, you know, it is kind of where the idea was born of the pita chip company. And, you know, you guys are from the Northeast. It's no bargain to be standing outside in like October, November, <laughs> yeah, in snow pants. So, so it was over the winter that we would, that we worked on the business plan. We would go to different trade shows or, you know, we would sample stuff out. We work on the packaging, things like that. So that we're prepared. So it was kind of like a two year overlap of doing both the food cart and the pita chips. And honestly, it was very difficult to find an indoor location in the downtown financial district with Dunkin' Donuts and mm-hmm. Oban Pan and mm-hmm. Starbucks, everybody trying to get this tiny little spot. Yep. And then you're kind of like, okay, lady, you and your food cart can go stand on the end of that line. <laughs> I love the story of it just because you started with this idea of doing a takeout sandwich place. And by the way, I do remember when the pitas and the wraps were all the rage. And then these chips were almost like, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it was like something that came out of a necessity, like you said, to not run out of the bread and to do something with the leftovers. Kind You know, I feel like you always have to pay attention to opportunity and you, Mm -hmm. and you can't be afraid to make that pivot. Cause if you get so stuck right. in your, you know, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm right. going. Like this we have to going. do the yeah. Did you, were your, were your girls born? Were they, how old were they? Were they born when Stacy's pita chips were born? No, the girls okay. were born in 2003 and okay. the company sold in 2006. 
Okay. I sold the company okay. when the girls were three. Okay. So there was a window of the company where the company's going, growing like crazy. My business partner at the time and I went from friends to business partners to married to divorced to me going and getting artificially inseminated, pregnant with twins. And then we still were business partners and then we sell the company. I mean, to go through the whole personal evolution of it, that's so pretty much what that it's is a lot. So when is your memoir coming out? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that is that's amazing. my next question. So many yeah. people have asked that. And I actually went down the road of, of doing it. And whoever tells you that writing a book is, oh, it's not a lot of work. You get a ghost uh, writer, you get this. Like, like, no, I will tell you that. We are authors. We know that. <laughs> that's a it's different just, Well, that's a different So episode. much. <laughs> yeah. It's I a was lot. Just, yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. and then I decided, I had also had a lot of crap happen and that I didn't want to tell. And I was like, well, maybe it'd be better to hide it in a little fiction or something. You know what? There, there is what such a, lot a of thing people called do. realistic fiction. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Realistic, Can, realistic fiction. Is that really a word or not? Yeah, it is. It is. And it could be written by, you know, like Macy Statison. Right. Like, totally. Like, Make it up. Yeah. No, but it is true. I've written a bunch of nonfiction, but I have a lot of friends that write fiction. And I always say that I could never write fiction. It's just that I don't really want to write fiction. I like writing personal stories. All of my friends who are fiction writers, they take it from real life. That's where it all comes from. So like, I'll read a character of somebody and I'm like, that's like your sister. You sold the company in 2006. But prior to that, can you tell us a little bit about, I'm sure it was a crazy journey of going from giving out pita chips while people waited in line at a food cart in Boston to having your pita chips in grocery stores all over the country. How did that work? I mean, it was definitely a, a roller coaster ride. There's so much. It's nine years worth of telling. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, listen, two minutes or less. Two <laughs> minutes or less. The nine year, the nine year. Yeah, this short episode. Basically, we we grew the company by we started as a gourmet food, and then I think the natural food wave really yeah. helped us because everybody's like, you know, oh, I'm a natural foodie. I'm not like you know, making an effort to make something a natural food, and it's like, you know, well, we just had pita bread, a little bit of oil and seasoning. It's pretty much as natural as you can get. We always use naturally milled cane sugar or whatever on the cinnamon sugar. And like at the time, (laughs) that was a strict guideline for whole foods. And it's like, well, we always had that. So yeah. Yeah. So that whole natural food wave, yeah, we kind of grew with that. And cinnamon's an antioxidant, so even better, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love healthy. the cinnamon sugar. I am such I do a too. sweet tooth. Like, I could live without the salty foods, but I definitely need the sweet food. So I'm a big cinnamon sugar, Stacey Chips kind of gal. And you know yeah. what? I'm the total opposite. It's the only one that I don't eat. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> don't tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I just told. We do. All right. Well, I just told. All right. That's a good trivial right. pursuit. What's the only pita chip that Stacey doesn't <laughs> eat? That's going to be on Jeopardy. Was it hard though to finally sell the business yeah. and let go of it? What was it uh, like? Yeah, it was yeah. very difficult. And afterward, I was very, I was certainly lost, but it was time. It comes a time where, you know, the business starts running you. And um, yeah, I really had missed the first couple of years of my girl's life in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, well, they, I was there with them. They would come into the factory. They would, some, their lunch was spent you know, crawling around the lunchroom and, you know, 
Um, you have those little plastic things in the outlets and the walls, and then they're in a safe box. I mean, that's really all you need. They were there with me, but it was a lot to to have two kids, two toddlers, and a growing company. And then my partner, my business partner, he hadn't had the opportunity to do a lot of the traveling that he had wanted to do. It started to become, you know, all of those days and all these those hours that we were working were just what was it for at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And then it just became as it becomes bigger and bigger there's we started having a lot of other problems like you know we had fires we had I mean we had all kinds of things that went wrong so it was constantly one thing after another like a constant crisis intervention and a lot of stuff and so I think we were both on the same page when it came time and we had some nice offers when you're approached not by one but by like the three largest or five largest food conglomerates out yeah. there you're yeah. like, well, maybe we should think about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Initially, yeah. we started the company. We just wanted to do what we love to do every day and make a living at it, you know? So that's why we started it. And and then um, it's like, you kind of ask yourself, is that still what I'm doing, you know? So then you did sell the business and then you were able to take some time to travel with your daughters. Tell yeah. us what that, what was that like? Where did you go? How long were you gone? Initially, I took the girls, I went to Europe and spent five months over there and just kind of rented different places and said, look, this is where I'll be with my children. Anybody who wants to come is welcome to come visit. And ironically, everybody just scheduled their vacation. So it was almost like I wasn't traveling alone. I was traveling with friends and with family. There was like a calendar that everybody just kind of rotated out. And so we always had people there and things to do and places to go and so it was a lot of fun. Then I came back and I was again, what am I going to do now? And that's when I opened up my juice bar, mm -hmm. which, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure yeah. that you're familiar with. Yeah. It because yeah. Yes. We were going to ask sure you about are. that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I opened yeah. the juice bar. It was like my passion project. I still, it was, it was almost like coming back to Stacy's delights again. It was almost mm -hmm. like having a glorified version of the food cart or opening up that takeout place that we never really had the opportunity to do. Sure. There was salads and acai bowls. And, you know, granted this 10 years ago, way long before the acai bowl craze, but we, yes. we had when to- People couldn't um, say acai. Yeah, they were like, yeah. I'll have one of those. An acai? Like an acai. I'll have an acai bowl. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm supposed to have it. So we had lots of bowls and smoothies and juices and, yeah. and shots and uh, like, you know, like detox shots and salads, quinoas, wraps, all this stuff. So it was fun. It was almost like I could make stuff and members of the juice bar really became like family as well. People, people would come in and have their same lunch. Oh, how you doing? How's work going? It just was nice. And people are like, oh, you're behind the counter making smoothies. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It was five minutes from my house. Those are certain prerequisites, right? Yes. I wanted it to be close and the hours coordinated when the girls were at school. Mm -hmm. It just worked. And I, and I wanted the girls to see me working and what it was, what it's like to, yeah, like the reality, like this is the real world. They must yeah. be so proud of you 
with all you've accomplished. You can ask them next. Maybe that's the next uh, Maybe podcast. that's right. Yes. Maybe yes. that's the next. Yeah. <laughs> Stacey's I know the kids have to say now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, a whole new perspective. Exactly. It's interesting because, I mean, obviously this has occurred to you, but you started out with this idea of opening a gourmet takeout place albeit on a food truck. And then it grew into a mega company you sold to a big food company and then went back to being the girl behind the counter making the smoothie. Yeah. So with, obviously that was something that you always wanted to do and you finally got to do it. That must've yeah. felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. So just before opening the smoothie bar, I had found the location and everything and then I had, I call it a two-year blip of uh, breast cancer. And after the breast cancer, I took the girls again. At this point, they were nine and went over to Southeast Asia and mm-hmm. spent five or six months there homeschooling them and a lot of experiential learning for sure. Yeah. And staying in guest houses and yeah, we went five months in a carry and we only had carry-ons. So I'm like, I'm not packing luggage. That's, That's impressive. Wow. We were like ready to throw all our clothes away, but <laughs> I think we might've, I think we did. What yeah. accessories did you pack? Rachel and I want to know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of depends on the, <laughs> on the weather. Just basically we had flip-flops and shorts and t-shirts and you could fit a lot in there. You were very ahead of your time, I have to say, both with several occasions, getting into the natural foods, you know, doing acai bowls and and smoothies before everybody was doing it. You get a lot of that from travel, though. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. And also with your homeschooling, because now, you know, a few years ago, everybody started with the homeschooling and traveling to different places because everything was on Zoom. That's true. I mean, that was really pandemic driven, but um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, I had to close the bar during the pandemic. We launched Be Bold Bars, which yeah. was a, a bar that was created at the Juice Bar. Um, and we launched that like a month. It took us a year to bring it to market and all this. And it, it was a, a like a month before the pandemic. So it, wow. Was, wow. it was terrible. We're just selling online. But uh, but I love I love having the company. And, and it has a it was similar story to like similar um, story and right. it's the same thing, same integrity behind the product. We created it at the juice bar. We, all we did was we took nut butters and we would mix, press, pack and chill. And that was it. There's no protein powders. There's no syrups. There's no nothing. It was nut butters, nuts, chia, oats. And that's it. And people like, oh, it's, you know, everybody would buy, would buy one with whatever they were getting at the juice bar. It was great. We thought that, you know what, we'll just roll this out. And we did see it as the next pita chip company in a lot of ways, except for that. We took a really big hit during the pandemic because we manufactured enough to get into all the stores that wanted it. Mm-hmm. which was a lot because it was like the first product since the Peterson company. And then all those stores shut down, right? All yeah. those grocery stores shut down. And not only did we manufacture all of the stuff to sell at all of those stores, 
but you have to also manage all manufacture all of the inventory to restock those stores. It was just a big fat mess. So again, you got to know when to pivot and you yeah. know, we were no strangers to crisis intervention. And this is kind of another one like, and nobody can, who knows how to navigate through mm-hmm. a pandemic? I mean, nobody. It's no, like, nobody. No, I nobody. hope we never have to learn again. Right. No, exactly. Um, I am so curious, and we we talked a little bit about this before you came on, Stacey, but I'm always so fascinated about how people come up with these ideas, and then they're just, boom, they bring them to market. And when I say boom, there's a long runway, obviously, with the research and design, all that stuff. How do you learn the business? What did you do? Well, certainly, I mean, I learned a lot the first time that I could apply the second time. Sure. I also learned that I did not want to do my own manufacturing, because we did that the first time. I'm like, we got to find somebody who you know, either has the equipment to make this or that, you know, we can put some of our own equipment in and and kind of tweak it so that we can make it. I think just bringing a product to market, you really have to think of everything and it's expensive. (laughs) There was a book when I first, I think the author was Stephen Hall. It's, It's very old, but I think he's written subsequent books and it was called From Kitchen to Market. And I swear, we, I read that book and I was yeah. just like, oh, then I knew, oh, I need, I'll probably need money. I'll probably need a broker. I'll probably need inventory. I'll probably need cash flow. I'll probably need, like all these things that I just didn't either didn't know or. And the other thing was when we made a pita chip, there's no such thing as a pita chip out there. So we had to figure out how to make it ourselves straight through from how are we going to cut the bread on a large scale? There was a whole engineering kind of project behind it as well. But with the bars, we the first person that we hired to both help run the company uh, was the woman who was at the pita chip company who was new product development and operations. And so she was the first person who she quit her job and came to work with us. And so she has experience bringing a product to market. And we were like, okay, well, that's the one thing. Like, <laughs> we're not gonna not gonna do that again. It's so funny you said that about you sort of creating the pita chip because you did. I mean, the other night we brought in from this Middle Eastern restaurant nearby us and they sell pita chips. And I was thinking about you because we were having you on the pod. And I was like, Stacey invented the pita chip because now in addition to Stacey's pita chips, every other, you know, Trader Joe's, wherever they're all selling pita chips, they're doing pita chips at restaurants. So you should definitely pat yourself on the back for basically coming up with a food product that didn't exist by toasting the leftover yeah. bread and cutting it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also <laughs> highly recommend Trader Joe's pita chips. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I enjoy them a lot. Speaking of that, I told you. I think, we- I mean, I don't know. I'm not there anymore, but when I was there, that was what we would always say that we highly recommend them. We highly recommend them. I love well, it. that's so funny. Wink, wink. I recently ordered the Be Bold Bars in, it was peanut butter chocolate chip. I love them. I'm a bar gal. So is my daughter <laughs> and we're really enjoying them. So can you tell our listeners where they can find your Be Bold Bars and the flavors and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. They're on our website, beboldbars.com and they're sold on Amazon as well. And you can always follow, you know, if anybody wants to follow my Instagram, mm-hmm. it's at underscore and then my full name, Stacy Madison. 
I hope that you know how to spell Stacy by now. You know, people still we misspell do. it. Like how many millions of bags are on the shelf and people, people spell wrong? Anyway, it's S-T-A-C-Y-M-A-D-I-S-O-N. There's no E in the Stacy. okay? Thank you. That's what we're telling you. All you have to do is walk down any grocery store aisle in America and you will figure That's it out. That's where you spell check. And you know, it's so aisle funny. Six. Spell check in aisle six. Yeah, and it's so funny because sometimes people are trying to sell you something and they're like, oh, hi, Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y. And I'm like, yep, delete. 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 <laughs> delete. Not a good That's- start. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. If we could bring it back to your accessory, because it's so beautiful, by the way, we took a screenshot of it and we'll post that when this episode (laughs) comes out. Do you think this is like your forever for a necklace that you will continue to wear? Do you feel like it brings you like special powers or luck or anything like that? Yeah, till my dying day. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's our, it's us. It's our family. This is my, this is my family unit. I have two girls. So if you think about it, it's the start and the end of our generation. Yeah. 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 Do you think they'll follow in your footsteps with as entrepreneurs and in, I mean, I don't know. They, I don't know. We'll say, I think that they know that um, the importance of uh, just doing what you love to do. And so whether or not that's entrepreneurship or whatever it is, you know, I think I've pretty much instilled that in them, as well as a definite sense of independence. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so I think that that's going to take them a long way. They definitely have a wonderful role model. I mean, thank you. They, they sure do. And, and talk about having someone embodying doing what you love to do and being able to make a life out of it. Right. And there's no, nothing greater than to be able to make a living, you know, doing what you want to do. It's wonderful. It really, really is. Yeah. Cheers to that. And to um, you guys too, you're doing the same thing. Oh, we're having fun, right? We 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 love it. We love it. Love it. It's the best. And we love talking to people like you. This was so fun. I'm so glad you told us about your Instagram at underscore Stacy Madison. People can go to bboldbars.com. Are there yeah. any other places people can follow? I mean, the B-B- I think the Instagram, I think the Instagrams are connected, but it's bbold yeah. at under at, no, it's just at bboldbars, right? Okay. Probably know. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. we will, um, we'll put it in our in our show notes. On that note, Stacy, this has been such a pleasure. It's been so much fun to get to know you a bit today. And thank you so much for sharing your story and your necklace. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in today. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. <laughs>